Hey, it's your OptiLive team with your OptiLive podcast. A rad program for personalized optimal living. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, everybody. Here we are, week, week three of our um, podcast on breathing and meditation, uh, helping us to just be more conscious. We have uh, Linda Banter, Dr. Amy Banter, and again, I'm Eric Banter. But what we thought we'd do to, today is share a little bit more about meditation and what that practice, kind of dissect that a little bit. Um, and then we were all going to share, I think, a little bit about how we practice. Um, so, Mom, you want to go into a little bit of uh, what you've got here for us on the meditation? Well, all right. It's things that we have mentioned prior to this third week. And it's really watching the thoughts and become a witness to your thoughts. Oftentimes I sit down and uh, become still and I have my insight timer that I set and uh, the mind is a little busy at first, but if I can kind of just become a witness to the thoughts that are flowing in front of me and just like a leaf on a brook and it just, the brook is very gently moving, let the thought gently move across the mind. Don't attach yourself to it. Just witness the thought. And that helps me tremendously. Uh, it was interesting that uh, this morning when I got up for my meditation, and uh, what I usually do is I practice my yoga. I have my small yoga practice. And then I go ahead and do my meditation. Now, sometimes I meditate out on my screened-in porch. And when I meditate on my screened-in porch, I listen to the sounds around me. I hear the birds, I hear uh, the movement of the wind in the leaves and the trees. So your senses? So I'm using, I'm using that. But yet we have to let go of the senses in order to truly meditate. And that's when I begin to witness the thoughts. Uh, sometimes I meditate in my living room in a chair that's straight and I sit up straight, keeping my spine straight. I think it's important to keep the spine straight when you are meditating and uh, focusing on the breath. Like we have been saying all along, watch the breath. Become a witness to the thoughts and be still. And if you look at kind of what happens with our senses is that uh, these are a big part of our mind, right? I mean, what we sense has a big amplitude yes. uh, in the mind. And what we're trying to get to with the meditation, again, is like a tiny little whisper. So if we can use kind of uh, a way to clean this up or more hygiene on how to meditate, it's how to be aware of our senses and then how to slowly start to kind of reduce that amplitude. Yes. Uh, that we that we see within the mind. Yes, yes, that is true. And as I mentioned this morning, um, I didn't do my yoga first and then meditate. I meditated first. And in that process of meditating first and witnessing and watching, and then I got up and I did my 20-minute yoga practice. And the mind was very still. And I understood what it meant to do meditation in motion. Mm -hmm. Because meditation in motion is being still in the mind and gently moving the body in being present. It was absolutely 
a benefit to me this morning. That's awesome. That's great. Amy, how do you meditate? What's your meditation practice? Well, it's interesting because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm probably quite different than both of you. But um, I, think, I do think about what a huge benefit it's been to me. And this is an example. I had a, a pre-med student shadowing me in the office. And Friday was quite chaotic. And there were a couple little issues that came up during a procedure with some bleeding. And, um, and I was trying to get the nurses to help me with something. And then I had another patient in another room. And I had two patients waiting. And it was a, it was a very stressful Friday afternoon. Um, but I didn't react. I just kind of remained calm and dealt with it. And it was the end of the day and the student said, how do you stay so calm all the time? I was like, it made dawned on me. I said, you know, it's yoga and meditation. It's my breath. And I said, I, it's so funny because I haven't always been calm and non-reactive to things, but, um, I think it's been such a huge tool to me and I have to practice it, and I practice it and practice it and practice it. So now it's just habit, or it's the way I respond to situations in my life. Um, and then thinking back to how I use meditation on a day-to-day basis, um, again, I am not a morning person. Um, Eric, you are an awesome morning person. He pounces right out of bed and goes and um, does his very active meditation. That has been a struggle for me. Um, but what I've found is, um, and I used to be like snooze and then I'd get up and I'd rush myself cause I wouldn't have enough time to get ready for the day. So the way I've chosen to use my meditation is set my alarm. And when he gets up to go down and do his meditation, I literally stay in bed, but then I start focusing on my breath and I do, um, Mainly I do two-to-one breathing because what that means is that you're exhaling twice as long as your inhale, and that stimulates that parasympathetic nervous system. It puts us into more of that relaxed mode because I think a lot of us wake up, our eyes open, and boom, we're worrying about the day, think of what we have to do. And so I, I stay in bed. I lay there and I do my breathing. My dog comes up and snuggles next to me and it's so, that mm-hmm. energy is so awesome. And <laughs> I, I just it. do yeah. my breath work there. And then, um, and I use prayer as part of my meditation. I think that's a very personal mm-hmm. thing. Everybody chooses how they do what they want to do. But I personally say some rosaries and I put my kids and Eric and my family and extended family in there. And, um, and then I finally will sit up after about 20 minutes and I'll start moving my body as well. And, and then I'll get out of bed and do some more stretches. And, and it's been such a transforming way to start my day. And I just feel like it's made my, my work days and my life so much better. Pointing you in the right direction for mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. conscious state of mind for the day. Oh, and one more thing. You know, the other thing is I'm a night person. And so I, it's like, I think my cortisol kicks in and it's been part of my life and my training and medicine and stuff. So I have trouble winding down for the day, which then impacts the amount of sleep I get, which as we know, that's one of our four mm-hmm. pillars and I, it's crucial. And I was always, that's one area I always sacrificed because I wanted to get everything done. So I'd be like, ah, eh, I just don't need to sleep, but it catches up with you. So I use I have to make myself stop and shut down and make sure I'm getting my seven hours of sleep. And I've been using a sleep app and we'll go into all that more in our sleep Mm -hmm. podcast in the future. But meditation is very important for me at that time too. I have to do some breath work and just get myself back into that relaxation mode to calm down my cortisol and my awakeness. 
Yeah, so my uh, my practice, um, kind of, when I think back on it, you know, mom's been doing yoga since 69, so I was three years old then. And it probably was, and I always watched, you know, you guys practice and that kind of stuff. I was always intrigued. There was something there. I was like, okay, there's something I need to know. But probably around 10, I kind of started doing my own practice off of what I knew you were doing. And, uh, you know, at a young age, it was pretty impacting. I would surround myself with white light and healing energy. And and uh, it was just profound at a very young age. It was so cool. And I carried that with me through, you know, life and into college. I know that what I used to do was meditate before I went to bed. Mm-hmm. And I, again, most of it was this white light, this energy, trying to tune into something. I knew something was there. And so in my mind, the easiest way to kind of form that up was probably with the white light. But, you know, it's evolved now into, um, I usually do a 20-minute kind of moving meditation, um, listen to the body, and then that integrates me into a 20-minute still meditation. And it's so interesting, these still meditations, I mean, at times... A 20-minute still meditation can go by like in two seconds. It's bizarre. What have now? I mean, again, I've been doing this for you know what, 42 years or so, and um, but but where I'm able to go in this space, you know, is really it's beneficial. Um, I'm able to tune into the body. I'm able to you know have a better control over the mind and where it goes and what it perceives and how it perceives. And so just what a great benefit, you know, for me in my life. And uh, I know we're definitely grateful to share this, you know, with everybody. Um, go out, shamrockwellness.com. There's all kinds of, we have a knowledge base under Breathe. We have practices under Breathe. If anyone ever has any questions, definitely try to reach out to us. Um, and uh, we'll do our best to try to answer those. Anything else you guys have? Not really. Thank you for sharing, both of you sharing. It's very interesting because meditation is so unique to each one of us, depending on where we are and who we are. And there's no right or wrong. There's no right or wrong. Just try to find your stillness. Find the stillness. And in that, you'll find yourself. Exactly. Have a great day. Hey, this is the OptiLive team. With your OptiLive podcast. And as always, breathe, breathe, move, move, sleep. sleep.